understand and invest the time to know what you're uniquely good at. Uniquely being the key word, you're probably good at a lot of things, but what are you uniquely good at? Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Modern Business Operations. Today, I have the very pleasure to introduce Mac Bear, the President and Chief Product Officer of SAP SuccessFactors. Thank you so much for joining me today, Meg. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'd like to start with learning a little bit about you, about your background. How did you get into SAP? This is obviously a very big product line, so very exciting. So yeah, if you don't mind, share a little bit of your journey here. Love to. Meg Bear, I live in Northern California and I'm a fifth generation Bay Area native. So long time roots in the Bay Area. I have been at SAP for almost four years now and the whole time within SAP Success Factors. So Success Factors, of course, is our suite of products that solve HR business needs. So all of the back office functions of HR that you would think of like payroll and benefits and keeping track of who works for you and why and how all the way to the suite of things that help individuals become more successful at their jobs making sure that they have the kind of growth in their careers that they're yearning for and that the business requires. Literally the biggest changes that happened in the last four years to the workforces on the world. I think the good side of it is how much technology and software became significant with remote work and everything, but especially how you manage the employees and the people experience and the capital management of those resources. Tell me about how it was. Yeah, what a great time to be both a leader of people as well as somebody that helps organizations, over 9,000 customers around the globe, think about people. So you're exactly right. I joined right before the pandemic. I, I experienced myself within SAP, a significant set of transformations. We also got a new CEO. We had put a significant push into the cloud. Of course, success factors has always been in the cloud, but we have a large portfolio of products and a large number of customers. And so this has been a really interesting time. But I'll tell you, when I came to success factors, we already understood that work was changing and that how people were empowered to do work was also changing. So it was already top of mind for us in 2019 when we introduced the category human experience management, recognizing the value of people. And when you put people at the center of business, you can help business thrive. This was our mindset way before the pandemic. This was what our customers were talking about with us and what they were interested in. And then everything accelerated and every single thing about what we thought was important just showed up in everyday work. And so where we are today is both the beneficiaries of taking this seriously and thinking about how work was shifting, but also in a moment where it's shifting even more than we might have anticipated with the introduction of AI and the understanding that jobs are changing, et cetera. So Again, we're at Success Factors thinking of this across multiple dimensions, but I, as a business leader of a global team, really care about how do we help technologists, how do we help people, how do we help individuals doing work to be empowered to do good work, be equipped to do good work, 
and to adapt to the changing requirements of work, which we can see very clearly is just changing so rapidly. I couldn't agree more. And honestly, I was very excited about meeting and talking to you. I feel like that concept of human experience, or I used to call it, or still calling like people first mentality to technology is something that I think it has been growing for the last decade and took different forms, but really only recently started to show up in the work space and where technology and operations and processes, honestly, are shifting to understanding that the human in that loop or the person is a person, although we are arguably resources, right? That you can think about from the resource allocation, but are not resources that have a different type of skill set and things you need to consider. And there's a lot more upside to it. You can invest in a person versus investing in sometimes a traditional resource, like a machine or a factory floor. So I'm wondering when you guys kind of coined that human experience management category, what is it that have changed on the practical layer of how this has been leveraged to manage humans and manage big organizations? Yeah, there's a couple things to think about. First off, we like to think about it as realizing potential. From an individual point of view, I have some skills. I've done some jobs before. I have a really good friend, John Subzer, who said it the best, has said that your resume is a list of things you probably don't ever want to do again, right? <laughs> those are things you've already done. If you want to grow, you want to be evolving and adapting to new experiences and new opportunities. So if you think about that from an individual point of view, it's about agency. It's about being taken seriously for who you are and what you're capable of, not just what you've done in the past. So this is where you recognize that each of us is adaptable in our own way. And we have some very unique strengths and interests as well as skills and experiences. And it's that entirety that creates the most useful opportunity, both for you, but also for business to get the most value out of you to show the most result. But then as an organization, of course, the needs of the business are changing and evolving and adapting. And here's where it's actually probably even harder because organizations, especially successful ones and big ones, have built some habits and some muscle memory that may be not serving them as well in the needs of the future. And so being able to culturally as an organization adapt, being able to really think about not just what am I doing today, what do I need to change? What do I need to unlearn to be able to thrive against what's coming at me and how the needs of my market are changing, right? The pandemic made that really concrete for people. But the truth is, lots is changing in the global economy. Lots of things are happening in general in business. And so when you think about that structurally, helping organizations to understand what their workforce is capable of, helping organizations be able to support individual growth and make sure it aligns with where the business is going and what the business needs long term, and recognizing that there's an opportunity for co-creation here. And so when we talk about what concretely the product can do, 
the product can be very valuable in helping to give you more signals into what's happening in your workforce to give you the opportunity to exploit the information you get from things like pulse surveys, et cetera, to understand how people are feeling and what they're doing, to be able to use machine learning to to help direct learning and skill development across your organization. All of these things become much more powerful when you can engage every person in the organization as opposed to just expecting HR to figure all of this out for you because every piece of it is adapting. The individual's adapting, the work is adapting, and the organization is adapting. And guess what? That's where technology can be really helpful is to understand and create a better adaptability layer underneath. And I think you nailed it when the pandemic just showcased it because it's always adapting. And I don't know if we're just living through it so it feels faster and getting faster, or it's just if we can conceive the concept of growth that is not linear, that is growing in, in increasing velocity and increasing acceleration. But it does feel like, and going back to your AI point, the tools that the methodologies almost of how to think about running an organization, how to think about it, fulfilling potential, also need to adapt. They also need to grow. They also need to change. When you talk to customers or prospects or your own organization, but how do you guys think about preparing to the future we might not even know what it's going to look like? Yeah, exactly. So this is where I think there's a couple really useful indicators. So let me just rewind to you back to the beginning of the pandemic, right? The beginning of the pandemic, Everybody was very chaotic and unclear and HR organizations had to figure out how to help make sure that people could work from home. And of course, IT had a lot to do with that, right? Everybody elevated their virtual conferencing and their policies, et cetera. But one of the things that emerged, again, it it helps you understand the humanity of it, that early pulse surveys, and we were fortunate enough to allow multiple people to use our Qualtrics capabilities for free. We provided some opportunity for organizations to do check-ins, even if they weren't existing Qualtrics customers at the time. And the kinds of things that were coming through from those surveys were actually pretty pedestrian things. People didn't have good shares. And so it was very hard for them to work from home, right? They were struggling with the human side of my work hours need to change because now I have to take care of my family who's also in the same house as me. I used to be able to leave them and go work. Very human things emerged, even though you would think that businesses are about policy and structure and procedure. At the end of the day, they're also made up of humans. Fast forward that to how the future looks and the understanding that jobs are going to be disrupted in the era of AI. It's the learning underneath that is it's the intersection of the human needs and the business needs that become important. And the truth is there's a lot of data that can help you here if you create the cultural environment for that. So the cultural foundation is to recognize that people are not just interchangeable boxes, but to recognize that people are full humans. And these conversations we're having about mental health and being and all of these sorts of conversations are very encouraging towards this path. And then the recognition that 
if you engage with people as adults and full humans and whole people, you then have the opportunity to have them signal to you how maybe you could be more effective or you could be more efficient or how they could even help more than they might be in their current sort of job role. And so here we see some really interesting things emerging like opportunity marketplaces where people raise their hands for short-term assignments, like dynamic teams where instead of having a rigid organization that you work with the same people all the time, maybe you come together to solve a problem as a dynamic team. And the value of things like a skills ontology, where instead of thinking that you understand every skill you need in your organization as an HR function, instead you're letting the data inform you of, hey, what skills are being asked for across the organization writ large against these unique opportunities that are coming up against these dynamic teams that are coming together? What is it that is emerging as the pivotal skills that are making the difference to get work done? So again, when you think about this, you can start understanding that data can really inform. So instead of having to know, you can continue to be curious and you can build the right kind of experimentation in. The systems can help you with that curiosity to do more experiments, to try more things out and to adapt based on what you learn from it. This episode is brought to you by Tonkeen. Tonkeen's process experience platform seamlessly wraps around existing policies and systems, allowing internal service teams to do more with what they already have. Build process experiences that are personalized for each requester and use AI to automate the intake, triage, and resolution of every request. Maximize adoption, compliance, and efficiency with no change management and no code. The upside is just incredible when you are able to leverage those insights and actually figure out how to get the potential going. We've chatted part of this about the whole self modding. Yep. Uh, maybe tell us what audience is. Yeah, so, so we like to talk about whole self here because in the past, organizations tended to think about skills and competencies and experiences. Okay, so these are all important things. Again, I'm not going to suggest that those are not important. Things that I've done in the past and been successful at are indicators of things I might be good at, right? Things that skills that I have, hard skills that I have are very helpful, whether that's a language skill or a technical skill or whatever. These are things that are important to understanding how I might contribute. But I'm actually a lot more than that because there's a lot of people that have had similar experiences and have similar skills that are not anything like me. There's a few other things that I have and every person has. I have passions. I have strengths. I have unique characteristics and personality quirks, if you will, that create a different sort of path for me than others. And so what I like to think of when we talk about a growth portfolio of what individually I might be aspiring to and how I might want to grow, one of the things that's important to that is what types of things am I uniquely better at than anyone else? And how do I create more opportunity in that direction because it's really obvious when you do things you're good at and you're uniquely good at, you're probably doing a great job. You're also probably working less hard because when you're good at something, it's a little bit easier. So you're doing better work with less effort, with higher results. And frankly, it probably makes you feel better about yourself because if you put me in tasks that required a lot of detail work and working in spreadsheets all day, 
I would be a mediocre performer. It's really important to make sure that you help them to do their best work. And so again, when you think of people as whole people, as opposed to just boxes on an org chart, you open up the opportunity to really think about how do you personalize work? Not to say that we don't all have to do some tasks that we don't love. Of course, that's always true. But if you can get the mix right, you can create magic. And the truth is, there's probably other people that are really good at things you're not. So instead of trying to get everybody to be mediocre at everything, why not find a way to have people really thriving in what they're great at so that you get the highest output? So again, it's all about maximizing potential. Potential is maximized best when you feel like you're doing good work when you're psychologically safe and feeling like you're really empowered to try things and maybe make mistakes. And when you're in an environment where you're open to learning, which means there's stretch, right? You're doing stuff you've never done before and you're being pushed a little bit. So creating the construct for that based on where your natural strengths and passions are is a really fantastic recipe to help an entire organization thrive and an individual grow at an outsized pace. So these are the ways that we like to think about where that opportunity could really be unlocking a lot more potential than just going about it as we've done in the past. And I think this is such an important point. And I think it comes up very bright colors when you do think about AI and like the concept of replacing jobs, which is not replacing jobs. I see it in two ways with relates to what you said, which is people are best when there's a strong fit between what are their natural things that they like to do and they're gifted with and not do the bunch of things that they hate to do or straight up mediocre acts, right? And where you can make that match work, this is where you get true leverage. Now, when people think about AI taking off jobs, what they're doing really is that they're underestimating two things. One, how resilient people are and yep. how much if anyone that has kids knows that you really feel bad sometimes saying no or being harsh with your kid because you love them. But you also know in your head and your heart, that's the only way for them to grow and understand and be better. And so that might come with uncomfortableness, right? It might come with the uncomfortableness of change, the uncomfortable or risk, or just literally sometimes forcing you to look at the mirror and ask yourself, what am I actually gifted at? What do I actually naturally like to do? But she's the optimistic. I do believe in people and I do believe that they have a unique ability to create something out of nothing in countless of fields and permutations. But that's the beauty of where technology has always been. But it requires, and I love you guys talking about it as this whole set model, just the entire concept of how you manage people and how you think through it. It is requiring an organization to actively understand that's part of their job. It's part of their job to use those tools, but also put the people in front of that sometimes uncomfortable place but the result of it is not only like a better result for the business, it is 100% better result for the business, by the way, but it's also the results for the individual. Uh, I've never thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Where, in my opinion, where the resume is the things you don't want to do again, and it's just a checkbox of things you've done. 
that's the definition of growth. And you gotta come with that mindset though. And you gotta be open to it from an employee perspective, but you have to be thinking about it actively designing for it from the employer or just the leader, whatever organization it is to push the organism forward. That's right. And there is a fair bit of discomfort in that, right? Organizations tend to be built, successful organizations tend to be built on things that work. There's a required amount of humility to suggest that, well, maybe it worked at that time in that context, but maybe it does not work for us or serve us in the future. And so this is, I think, part of the journey of this entire human experience management mindset is HR leaders helping organizations become more comfortable with a more adaptive and agile approach than they've had in the past, right? Instead of we set policy and workers work on those policies or behave against those policies. Now it's, hey, we have a broad set of cultural values. We have a broad set of things that we support, but the way that we get there, we have a little bit more flexibility and adaptability based on how things are changing. So it's exciting, but it's also uncomfortable, exactly as you said. And the truth is discomfort is where growth happens. As I see it, there will be a range of uptake of this concept of, hey, let's be a little bit more open and a little bit more employee-led. And it'll change based on industry and cultural context and all these other things. But I think what is universal is this idea that the future has many more unknowns than knowns. And so getting good at learning as we go and reminding ourselves we can do this as a species, as a as an economy, as an industry, et cetera. These are things we do know how to do. Leaning in and making it happen is what it's all about. I think that this quote that is like, change is the only constant. As it can happen to you or you can be the one driving it, but it will happen either way. Exactly. And so I love the focus on being adaptive and being proactive about being adaptive, really. What is, if you take it to the more like personal level, what is your, through your career, I love to ask people that have achieved big success and congratulations, those big roles and important roles, especially like we said, these days, I feel like those are the type of technologies and tools that really help. What is the advice or something early in the courage you could point out that like this was significant to me or that you want to pay forward? Yeah. So I do a lot of coaching. I do a lot of talking about growth. Obviously, it's something I'm passionate about. My advice is almost always the same. And it really follows one broad construct that I think every single one of us needs to take seriously. And number one is understand and invest the time to know what you're uniquely good at. Uniquely being the key word, you're probably good at a lot of things, but what are you uniquely good at? And be honest with yourself, that's special. Don't be embarrassed by the fact you're good at some things because you're probably bad at some things too. So it's okay to also be confident and know what you're good at. And it's actually, I believe, one of the most important things. And then the second half of that, which is the most important bit, is figure out how you can use that to help other people. That is the recurring currency of growth that will always pay back. And it'll pay back in so many ways, not just professionally, but personally. It'll help your mood. It'll help you be a better person and it will make the world a better place. Take the time. It's important and do it for the right reasons. And I think when you do that, the rest takes care of itself. 
you just decoded the essence of society and economy. Literally what everything runs on is understand what you're uniquely good at and you use that to help people. That is literally the essential core tenet of how people come together into a trade and an economy or a social sort of relationship. So I think it's brilliant. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you. This was great. If people want to pick your brain more, ask questions or learn about, about what you guys do, but just interact with you. Is that LinkedIn, Twitter? Like, where can they find you? I'm on all the things, not TikTok, but <laughs> yeah. So all the things, Meg Bear, uh, very simple name to follow. And then of course, SAP Success Factor is our very solid product. And we have a great set of customers that are engaging on these conversations every single day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Meg. This was a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkeen.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Tonkeen community at tonkeen.com slash community.